Welcome to the Entertainment Engine. Hi, I'm Peter Moore. And I'm Bex Gregory. And welcome to the next episode of the Entertainment Engine. We hope everybody's keeping well and having a positive week. So, just to recap, the idea behind the podcast is to provide clarity and information on the entertainment industry. It's a great passion of ours and we are looking forward to sharing our knowledge and experience with you all. And just to give you a flavour of the show each week, we'll be bringing you an in-depth area of the entertainment industry across music, film and TV. This week we're looking at part two of the qualities to look for in a music manager. If you missed part one, go back and check out our first podcast. You'll learn some really interesting points and facts there, then jump back into session two. Also, we will be bringing a special guest onto some of our shows from the world of entertainment in the next few weeks. So stay tuned. Now the next part of the show I really love. It's the cool facts and question of the day, which I'll be bringing to you later on in today's show. We then move on to the latest entertainment news from music, film and TV from around the world. Now this leads me on to something really exciting because I'll be hosting the Women in Business section for the Creative Industries, so be sure to stay tuned for that one. And now I'll hand you over to Pete. Okay guys, let's get started. Okay great, welcome to the next part of the Entertainment Engine. Following from last week's show, looking at qualities to look for in a music manager, this week we delve a bit more into the music manager role and what bands, artists, musicians should look for, whether it's a new manager or whether it's you know um, your second manager or third manager. Just some key points for you to sort of run through and hopefully help you on your journey, really. But one thing I, I did want to sort of speak about was I was on Netflix last week um you know shifting through the shows like everybody does and i came across the documentary for garth brooks which i thought oh, I'll, I'll take a look at this looks really interesting first of all i thought it was going to be about a concert which was which was great but what it turned out to be was his actual whole journey across the music industry which was really interesting if you get a chance i really do recommend to check it out because it goes back to the nuts and bolts of actually how he started and I think this is quite relevant for musicians and bands today because even back in the day, um, as everybody says, <laughs> that's quite funny, but you, you, you will hear it, you know, back in the day when I did this, back in the day when I did that from your grandfather, your dad or your uncle. But it is true. Um, he, you know, was obviously an aspiring artist, as everybody knows, and he made his way to Nashville. He got funded by his town to actually do this. You know, and he was, you know, going to the shiny lights in Nashville and the big bright city and thinking, oh, I'm, I'm going to sign a big multi-million pound deal. And within sort of 24, 48 hours, he came back with his tail between his legs saying, mm, this wasn't what I expected. And he, he just didn't realise how tough it was. Goes back the second time. And um, there's two parts of the, the Garth Brooks thing. I haven't watched the, the second part yet, but this is just touching on the first part. And he goes back again and gets introduced to his manager goes to play the Bluebird Cafe, which I'm sure we've all, all seen watching Nashville uh, series. Goes in and he's, he's sitting in the audience and the, there was a second act supposed to, you know, supposed to be performing and he never turned up. So the promoter of the night said, Garth, you know, do you, you fancy getting up having a go? So he, he said, yeah, yeah, great. I'll, I'll get up and um, you know, yeah, sure. No problem. In the audience was one of the A&R people, executives at I believe it was capital 
that turned him down. From that moment, the, the capital executive turned to his manager and said, "Oh, maybe I made a mistake with passing on Gar. Can you come in the next, you know, in the next couple of days and we'll do a deal?" And there was a deal done. Story of this is even back in the day and today, everything happens for a reason or a mistake. If he wasn't playing at that night, would it, ever, would it have ever happened? Probably not. I don't know. He walked out of capital offices with a deal and pretty much everything else is history. But what it taught him was how difficult the music industry is. Um, and I think it's even more difficult today. And this is partly why I've decided to you know, put out my knowledge and you know some of my experience to share with you all because it is it is an absolute trench warfare out there and nobody really cares who you are they're only going to care when you sold a million records and then they don't really care because they're looking for the next thing around the corner so it's just armoring you with the right tools and um, information so that you've you know you've got a chance to have a career rather than being chucked on the you know the, the tip with not much to say nothing left to do so I just wanted to share that little piece with you because I thought it was really interesting. If you get a chance, you know, check out the show because it is it is um, it is quite good. So, without um, further ado, let's just sort of continuing on about the qualities to look for in in the music manager. Now, just sort of recapping over some of the things I discussed last week. Um, a good music manager, you you need to be organised um, and you need to be excellent with people and be a very all round person, very approachable. Um, very easy to get on with, you need to be able to listen to people and above all the role of a manager needs to bring together people projects that meet all the goals for the artist and the record company just basically help the project gain commercial success and with some of the managers that I've come across and worked with and sort of known for a long long time a music manager can come from any area of the industry so they could have been a promoter, they could be an assistant at a record company or at an agency, they could even be engineers. And one thing is for sure, across the many times that I've gone to see bands, some of them even come as, you know, as artists. They've been an artist in a band or they've, they've been a musician and they decided, you know, with a lot of their experience, they've come out and thought, well, actually, I'll have a go at being a manager. And that's not a bad, a bad thing to do because, you know, they've got some experience um, and they can sort of put that into the into their next project, working with a, a, a solo musician or a band. And I think that's really, really good. So put putting time, you know, for a managers putting time in different levels of the industry is a really good way. And I can't endorse this enough. To be any type of manager, you have to know how this industry works. So you have to look at all the areas of the music industry. So I don't care what anyone says. To be a good all-round manager, you have to know what a label does. You have to know what a publisher does and you also have to know how to make a good cup of tea because I did it for two years. I made tea for about 150 people on a daily basis um, and I delivered the mail to everybody. So I got to know the in-depth of how that particular label works and that's what stood me in good stead for today so I'm able to share some, some of my experience and knowledge with you all. Um, and also we've all come across pressure in our life and one of the people or the the person you need to have on your side and can be deal with pressure in a really good way is your manager because your manager is going to deal with all sorts of people they're going to deal with a grumpy agent they're going to deal with a, a pissed off promoter they're going to deal with a label that you haven't delivered your, your album your artwork's not quite right then you've got the designers on your case then you've got the finance then you've got the bank you've got to deal with 
manager needs to be calm and collected while your head's spinning and all the band's jumping up and down, that manager needs to stand his ground and actually you know, deal with everything that's around him. And again, that's, that's a massive, massive quality um, within, a, within a music manager. And I would say it's a quality in any manager, really. Um, and as again, you know, some managers can be found at gigs, clubs, huge networking events. They, they're, they're everywhere. But it's just sort of touching on a few areas that I think um, is really important for, uh, you know, budding musicians to um, help find their feet and find the manager that they're looking for. So going on to the next area, when you are looking for a manager, he needs to be well connected. This can tie into experience, they're, they're, they're one of the same really, but a good music manager have so many connections in the industry. And not just the music industry, they will have, should have, should I say, knowledge and key contacts in film, TV, um, great live network. They should have the ear of independent, as well as say major labels, so at least they can actually um, pick up the phone and, and have a conversation. Agents. And time and time again, uh, I'll touch on a little story. Um, I worked with a punk band many, many years ago, and great band. And they were, you know, as most bands can be, you know, a, a, a bit sort of cocky, maybe the word, but that's what a band needs to be if they need to get on. They need to be a bit sort of brash and a bit cocky. And I remember the, the bassist turned around to me and said, oh, well, you know, we, we think we're going to move on and, and you know, we, we're going to going to go and get an agent and we're going to walk into CAA and William Morris and everything's going to be hunky-dory. I said, great. I said, guys, that's really what I want to hear. Um, good luck with, you know, what you want to do. Um, you know, just keep me informed. Two years later, that band picked up the phone to me. It was actually the lead singer. Picked up the phone and said, Pete, how are you doing? I said, yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm good. How are you? Well, you know, things didn't quite work out. It didn't go. I said, well, I'm sorry to hear that, but what actually happened? He said, well, you know that meeting we, we had at William Morris? I said, yeah. I said, what happened? He didn't get any further than the receptionist. I said, well, I'm not going to sit here and tell I told you so, but what I am going to say is, why would they take a meeting with you? What have you done? Why why do they need you on their roster? They don't. He said, no, I know. He said, but the band didn't realise what it takes. I said, they don't care. Big agents don't care. They don't care about you. They will only care about you when you sign the big multi-million pound deal and you've got five million people on Spotify. That's all they care about. Plus, they're busy. And he said, no, no, I get it. I understand it. And it was just one of those lessons that um, every band should go through, really. You haven't got a God-given right just to walk into a major agent and suddenly them take you on and, and you know, the world's all rosy again. It just doesn't work like that. And that's where a good manager will come in and you know navigate those waters for you and even good managers i've come across and you know, i've worked with some really great ones that you know they might have the ear of the big promoter but the promoter might say he's not quite ready no we you're not really going to bring any value to our show and the agent might say the same and it's a cat and mouse game you just got to be in their face in a good way in a positive way and then you'll, you'll start bashing the doors down but a good manager can help you to do that and um you know you, you also don't want a manager that's going to rattle off a load of names to you that's you know been in a networking event and suddenly they've no xyz from xyz and they've told you who xyz is and you, you had lunch with them and you know the manager had the photo with him but he just sort of got involved in the photo because he thought it'd be good for his career or, or her career you know you just want to be careful of that as well because there's so many people out there that can just you know say that they've got this and say they can do this and 
you know sometimes they can't so you know just a come this comes down to your due diligence again which we touched on in the first um series so just be really careful and um just really think about what you're doing and, and sit down with your band and um you know just discuss it because there's, there's, there's no major rush at all really and i think when you're looking for well connected you also want to look at the manager as a good human being you know, it's the next point that we look and it can be an overlooked factor when choosing a manager bands want to get on and they want to sell their music and they want to be in front of thousands of people but your manager is the gateway to the promoter to the label to the publicist um use this as a as a bit of white paper and a bit of white paper is that sitting on the desk as a record executive and that record executive or agent or promoter doesn't want that problem and what the manager does he takes that bit of paper off that table and he deals with that problem that's what they don't want they don't want you as a band phoning up moaning that you haven't got your m&ms you know in your dressing room they don't want to know that you strap on your guitar broke they don't care they ain't interested that's why your manager's there is to mitigate all of this kerfuffle and rubbish that's in between that your manager deals with and to be fair managers take a lot of brunt and then the band's having a go at the manager because this hasn't quite worked out well going back to my point of the punk band that couldn't get into william morris sadly they get it but sadly they are no more because they didn't realize how difficult this industry is and that goes for thousands and thousands of bands out there so you need to bring your a game and you need to bring it sharp and especially what's happening with covid19 it's even more important that you are fully professional and you're gonna have to have patience and patience is a virtue and you're gonna have to have that and if you haven't got it then if you're out of the industry then that's your hard luck tough that's the way it is you've got to come professionally to the table and people will listen to you so it comes to a good human being with a manager and they've got to be trustworthy they've got to be reliable and as i said back in the, the, the first session your gut will tell you that it's like anything if you've got a funny feeling don't go with it it's it's trust it believe me trust it and in this world of the music business and the emphasis is on the business you will understand what i'm saying to you and this is why i'm sort of you know preaching and, and i'm sort of just trying to get my message to you so you you don't make some of the mistakes that i've seen some bands make you know and band managers will also be a cheerleader they'll be a psychiatrist for you they'll be a shoulder to cry on um you know this this works in a really really good way and if you've got a close-knit team that can be solid and that can stand all the hardships so when your manager is bringing you good news you know you've got that agent or you've got that publicist who's going to write that review about it share it people don't share the good things we always talk about bad things you know bad news travels fast and good news very rarely does and i don't know why that is but i think it's down to psychology in society where that people just don't want to share good news because it's you know there's going to be bad news around the corner share that even if it's a, even if it's a you know a blog you've put out that actually works for the band and you, you know share that success equally you've got to share the bad times because there's, there's going to be a lot you know your, your eyes are going to be opened up as a band to what this industry is all about and you should have the aspiration to sign to a big major but you're probably not going to be quite ready yet so when your manager brings out bad news don't trample all over him or her they're actually fighting for you as well so they're dealing with the corporate so they're dealing with the big label they're dealing with the big agent they're dealing with the independent agent they're dealing with the small promoter to the big promoter you haven't got the god-given right to be on that festival 
you just haven't because those festival slots and, and big events get taken by established acts that are going to bring an audience that are going to sell that promoter tickets you have to understand that mechanic if you don't understand it then you better go back and do your business and, and, and your research because you ain't going to get anywhere it's as simple as that so just really and talk to your manager if there's something bothering you just talk to him or her and you know if they haven't got the answer they can certainly find the answer because of the network that they've got and i think that really 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 is a key now this really takes me on to what we all have to deal with in our life really I mean, there's no way around it you've got to be financially responsible and i think you need a manager that can handle finances and this can be from your merchandising to setting up a streaming campaign to doing a deal with a label working with your attorney you're going to need at some point the manager that knows his way around a pound note and it's good for you as a band to understand your way around a pound note as well because more of the gigs that you do sorry to be the bearer of bad news you ain't getting paid for any gigs at the moment right it's not going to happen so we flip side that and do, how do you get paid for some of your gigs well you got your merchandise so your merchandise is going to need a little bit of an investment and that could be with your band that could be with your band members your manager you, know, you can all club together and it's not expensive to do that so it's a really good tip where you can get your merch done for quite a reasonable price and you can get some really good quality product t-shirt uh, flyers posters whatever you want to do pens that's a really great look so any gigs that you do you're not getting paid for you can sell your merch so you either have a band member that will control that with your manager or you just give it solely to your manager and he will deal with it and i think over the years it's been well documented over the years with different managers and different situations with major acts or, or over the time that you know money's gone missing there's some irresponsible financial management out there there's managers that are maybe not as good as they say they are so it's really the band's job to actually at least get a grasp on this but you do need a manager that understands money um, and understands what you're going to do with it and working with your attorney and how this is going to work with you because going from you performing to no one in in a venue and one man and his dog to selling 10 t-shirts and, and a cd two three years down the line that could completely change to sign in a multi-million pound deal with a with a label and suddenly you're selling you know a million units you need a manager that's going to actually do the number crunching and actually work with your attorney and accountant at that time to make sure that everything is um is everything is right for you and i'm going to Again, share another little story uh, with you all. One of the really great experiences I had, I worked with a, a really good band in the UK and I was in New York doing some seminars. Um, it was sort of like the Indies meet the majors and it was with one of the governing bodies, AIM, which is the Association of Independent Music. And it was a really, you know, there was about 50 people there, half of them were managers, and I met some really great people. One of the managers I met, he had a band um, that were on the cusp of doing something and he, he, he effectively remortgaged his house with his with his assistant they piled in thousands of pounds into this act and on the hoping that they were going to get signed he came to new york and he was telling me about the story we were sitting in the lobby and he got a call from the label and the label said yeah we're really happy to go with them to go with the act but on the proviso that they actually go on tour support with one of the bigger acts that we have um, and that was a really interesting dynamic because what actually happened that act wouldn't have got signed to that label if they weren't touring with this bigger act and it just sort of highlighted to me that 
the smaller act was actually going to be on the coattails of the bigger acts, you know, doing big shows. And, you know, I'd ended up doing two or three shows at the beginning of their tour with the, um, with the, with the larger acts. And it was really, really good because their fan base built up extraordinarily well, especially when you're being in a field with like 25,000 people. It doesn't take a lot of working out. But again, it, it was the decision made by the bigger band to actually, you know, have them on support tour. So it's just something to think about. These some sometimes things come at you from a completely different angle, and sometimes you know they're just not planned. It can just have, fall on your lap, and you think, "Oh, where did that come from?" And it's never planned, but it does come down to what I've sort of been saying across these series. Really, is that you do need to be prepared, and you do really need to know where you're going, and you need to have a strong team around you to make it happen. And I think that is you know it's vital, especially more in today. And I think what's happened with COVID nineteen it's even more important for you to be really prepared about what you're doing and understand why you're getting into this into this industry. Um, and again, your manager as well should, you know, you shouldn't get wheeled and dealed into into contract and just take the first thing that comes along. You know, it's not good business. You know, taking the first deal on the table isn't good business. Just walk away. Again, it's gut reaction. If your manager says, don't think this is going to actually, you know, work out for us, then don't do it. If, if he's got the experience that you haven't, then listen to him because he would have the ear of the attorney. The attorney will say, I don't think this is quite a good deal to do. Maybe the band should walk away. Be another deal because it will come down to the band's live performance. That's really why a label or manager or agent gets involved because they want a great band that does great live performance and they're going to sell, sell a lot of records. And that's why I don't care what anyone says. It comes down to live performance. It always will and always and always has. If you can deliver that, then everything else can open for you. And then it's just about, you know, you making sure that you've got the music right and you're actually putting out the right music that you want and don't be a slave to the industry. Do what you want, but do it really, really well. And then the people will find you. And that's, you know, that's a really, really good trait to have. And a manager should also have as well, they, they should have really, he or she should be a firm business person knowing how to make sound and profitable business decisions you know their personal traits would be great education and i don't mean has to come back to have a degree um you know some of the best managers that i know and work with you know they, they come from the street so they come from you know hard knocks like a lot of people do in certain industries and they've you know they've, they've been in the trenches on the streets for a long time they get how the business works they know who the good people are they know who the bad people are you know they got good business instincts they know who to go and talk to they know where to get you a gig it's it's the funny thing you know when you get to that point where an agent or manager can pick up a phone and something happens tomorrow it's because of who they are because of what they've done and that's a massive massive valuable trait that a manager has you also want as well a manager that's not a pushover or over eager you know people can smell that and it's it's not a good thing to do so you want a manager that's on even ground that can actually hold hold their ground where the label thinks, oh, actually, you know, he's not a pushover. He's not trying to oversell us. Um, you know, I think we need to keep tabs on this. And I think that's that's where you want your manager to be. He's, he's the balance of, of everybody. So he's the balance between the label. He's the balance between the publicist. He's the balance between the band. You know, he's just trying to keep everyone on an even kill. And, you know, sticking up for a managers at the moment, it's not an easy job. It took me at least a minimum of 10 years to understand 50% maybe 60% of how this business works. And I'm in no way a major expert, but I do have great knowledge that I can share with you all. 
so over 30 years I've got a great understanding of how many areas of this industry works and that's why I'm saying a manager needs to understand lots of areas so that they can be a good manager and it can make or break an act and I think that's really 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 important so you know I can't emphasize enough to, to bands and artists if you've got great music great live performance great managers will find you whether that's an independent manager or whether it's a major manager from a network they will find you um, and you also want a manager that knows what they want and how they're going to get it so when you as a band sit down with a manager you're going to have the big idea that you're going to sign to Columbia you're going to want to sign to Sony XYZ great if that's your plan you need to know how to get there and that's not a let's jump into Z and away we go and the reason is is that major labels exist for a reason they can cross you over very very quickly and it's what they're very very good at and their international network is phenomenal but if you're not ready it's, it's really not gonna not gonna do the band any good and I sort of emphasize this quite a lot really because where your apprenticeship comes in as a band and what your manager will be looking for is your live performance it's a bit like anything if you go and be a plumber electrician um, you're gonna have to do an apprenticeship an attorney you know you've got to go to school you've got to go to college and you've got to get a degree and you've got to learn your craft and that's no different to you being a musician lead singer drummer you've got to learn your craft and then you understand why the big label is going to sign you day one you're just going to see away I go and I'm going to be torn all over the world and it's going to be absolutely fantastic yeah great but you might not last when you come around the second time and I think this is going back to what I when we started off with, uh, with this podcast with Garth Brooks I think he understood the second time what the industry was all about and how difficult it was and I think people have to go through this they have to I've been through it many many times you have to understand what this business is all about otherwise you will never survive and even more so now with the, the rate of the how this industry is changing you're gonna have to come up your game so unfortunately it's not just about great music it is understanding how this industry works and they they should go hand in hand and again it sort of leads on to your negotiation skills of a manager you know who they can pull in what relationships do they have have they got your best interest at heart or do they just want to sell you on do they want to sell you onto a label because it it benefits them and then the label you know basically you crash and burn under that label you, you've got to, you've got to look at this you know for a period of time if the manager comes to you and that's what he or she wants to do because they can see it okay at least you know up front where you're at and what you're going to be doing and that might be a, a financially good thing for you and the management but generally i would still say you want a manager that's going to be with you through thick and thin it's like a marriage i've said before that's what you're going to have to you're going to have to do but you've also got to give your manager a bit of a break because they are generally i would say all the managers that i've known and worked with some major managers indie managers they generally love what they do and and they they do it because they enjoy it and they want to see the band get on and i think that's you know really really good another point to consider as well is how is that manager he or she going to get on with your family you know what's your mum and dad going to think of them because at some point you are going to have that conversation with your mum with your dad with your sister with your brother with the shop owner whoever they're going to say, oh, so how are you getting on? Who's your new manager? And they will ask you questions that you might not have even thought of. Oh, where, what's their background? Where have they come from? What have they done? You're going to get all those questions. And if you can tick box those questions before you have that conversation with your family or your close friends, then 
they're going to look at you a, a bit oh okay you you know oh that sounds good you can point them on the direction of the web what they've done or look at what companies they've worked with what acts they work with it doesn't have to be a major international act they can have a roster of 10 unsigned acts it doesn't matter what matters is is, is that they say that what they're going to do and what they've done and then if you're happy with that you move on and and you, you do the best you possibly can and again it, it comes down to great music and it should always come down to live performance and your manager really is the extension of that and i think that you know they're they're really important key traits that we've looked at and just to sort of you know take this with you i just want to recap on some of the points we've looked at um for, to look for the qualities of the music manager first one was experience that comes down to anything and i don't mean to say you need to have a manager that's got 20 years experience you need to have someone that's got several years has got the ear of people uh, across agent publicist streaming companies merchandise companies so at least you you know they can do things you can't trustworthiness um, which we've touched on quite a lot is is absolute key that will be in your your gut reaction whether or not you feel this person is going to be really good for you or not enthusiasm you've got enthusiasm like buckets of it you want to go out and you want to perform with U2 Coldplay Rage Against the Machine in front of 50,000 people great your manager should have that enthusiasm he or she should be saying we're going to support those acts even if you don't get there doesn't matter if you're reaching for the stars and you get to the moon it's not bad is it um, and your journey over four or five years ten years the knowledge will be greater and you'll understand what you're what you're trying to achieve again managers should be well connected they should be able to pick up a phone and do things that you can't so going back to the band that thought they could walk into William Morris and CAA you can't do that they're not going to take a meeting with you they don't care your manager will be the gateway to that being well connected good human being it's an actual thing it comes to gut reaction again it's got to be a good human being you've got to like them they've got to like you it's a marriage you could be with your manager for six months or 50 years it, it's it's completely up to you and I think that comes down to an honest working relationship you're going to go through a thousand bad times a million bad times and you're going to go through several good times do it together because it's a journey and it's a tough one financially responsible your manager is going to make some difficult decisions based on the band and sometimes based on what's best for the band and what's best for you and what's not best for you and you've got to understand that that sometimes managers make those decisions i've had to make them where you know i've done showcases for bands and and they think that there's going to be ten thousand people turning up and there's only only going to be 500 they have to understand that that money that comes in the door for a thousand people has to pay the venue has to pay the engineer has to pay their merch um you know they're not left with a lot of money but that's the way it is and unfortunately that's that is the way it is and a firm business person you want a manager that's got all of those traits but will stand their ground and actually be quite firm in what they say and that's with you as a as a band and that's with an attorney or a label or, or a publicist if you know they're going to war for you and i mean going to war in a good way and they're telling you to do something over time you're going to go oh i get this i understand why he or she's telling me this now is because most of the time they're not they're not just telling you this for the sake of it they're telling you it for a reason and just just the last point in this session i i wanted to sort of you know cover with the band if within your network and this this can work you know in a great great way for you if you can get introduced to a manager 
it's going to be a lot easier than you cold calling because you cold calling you know we've all been there i've been there it takes some ages to get back to you sometimes they never will if you can just get that introduction maybe a publicist you work with or your attorney that you've got they can introduce you to some some good managers you're 50 percent there especially if your attorney's introducing you to uh, you know a group of managers or a manager's going to come down to see you play that's a really great 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 look and this point goes for you as a band as an artist as well as as a manager don't be over eager sell yourself to the point but don't oversell yourself there's a fine line to it um, and be ready for that manager when he comes along he or she comes along so a few things just to bear in mind when you are looking for the manager or you've got that meeting provide music samples don't provide your whole catalogue they haven't got time to listen to 5,000 songs pick out your best three to five songs put them into an EP ask that manager if they can take it in a link or if they want it attached to email nine times out of ten they're just going to want it into a in, into a into a link which is um, the easiest way treat the sample that you send to your that manager and bearing in mind you've been introduced to this manager or managers by introduction from attorney or by a good friend so it's a warm introduction it's not going completely in cold um, so when you send the demo do it like you'd send it to a label so you're actually providing that three to five tracks provide a biography on the band doesn't need to be a 50 page essay two pages that's it what the band's all about each individual band member no more than two paragraphs full name few pictures fantastic if you've got press clippings even if it's down the local pub with one man and his dog um, and the local rags you know done a picture on you and, and a bit of put that in that's really great if you've got any more than that pick out the best ones that you've actually done and I think it's a really good time and I've, and I've said this before but I think now with what's happened with COVID-19 I think it's even more and more important for bands to get online and actually really maximize what they can do so your social media activity um, whether you're new or whether you're established is going to be more and more important than ever and I think you've got the opportunity to now sign up to all the different streaming platforms you can put up one track you can put up three tracks you can put up five tracks so that's a really really good position for you to be in as a band one person in the band can take care of your social media activity or you can share it it's entirely up to you, whatever you want to do also include their up and coming gigs so you might have you know four or five gigs coming up and then offer the manager all of those gigs you know which one would they like to come to obviously put them on the door um, take care of them when they come along and just do a nice little package and trust me managers appreciate that they will appreciate that just that small a bit content the effort that you put in even if you've only got 50 people on your social media you're starting to do something and again it will be the music that will hook them and coming back to the warm introduction if it's come from an attorney they're already warm because they're already going to be excited to hear your music because it's coming from an industry professional that's already endorsed you and I think that's a lot easier for you to do. Um, so all I wish now is I wish you all great success in what you do. Hopefully there's some points in that you can take on and move on in your journey. And I'm looking forward to seeing some of your music and some of the bands performing live. And um, yeah, good luck to you all. Take care and thanks very much. Facts of the day. And now I'm just going to pass over to Bex as she's got another great fun fact of the day. And I also believe she got another question of the day for our listeners. Bex, how are you doing? Oh, hiya, Pete. Yeah, I'm doing really good, thanks. Yeah, so we've got some really cool fun facts again for this week. 
So we've got one that's a really great movie fact actually for you and I've also thrown in a little random one that's not even entertainment at all but I just wanted to share it just to add a little bit of fun for the show. So this first one is actually about one of my favourite desserts, the apple pie. Now I didn't know this but the apple pie actually isn't American at all which I, I was really surprised about. In fact considering that neither apple pies or apples originally came from America. Apples, in fact, came from Asia. And just to add, the first recipe that was recorded for the apple pie was actually in England. So there's just a little bit of knowledge to take away with you today. So now I've got a really good movie fact for you. This next one is about the Oscars, where they actually used to give out awards to child performers. But they discontinued the Juvenile Academy Award in 1960 after some of the famous names like Judy Garland and Shirley Temple who won the award. And this leads me on to Anna Paquin, who at 11 years old won the Academy Award for Best Actress in a supporting role for her performance in the film The Piano in 1993. And she currently holds the record for the youngest person to ever win an Oscar. Well, that's really great. Thanks for that, Bex. And also, have you got your question for the listeners for today? Yes, so the question for this week is what year was the first series of X Factor? So if anyone thinks they know the answer, we would love to hear from you. So please drop us a message, which you can do so on www.anchor.fm forward slash entertainment engine, as you could be one of the lucky people to get a shout out on our show. Also, the answer to last week's question of the day, which was in which London borough was David Bowie born? And the answer is Brixton. But at the age of six, he moved with his family to Bromley. Well, that's all from me today, guys. Thanks so much for listening. And I'm looking forward to bringing back some more fun facts for you again next week. Take care. Entertainment news. Okay, and now we have the film news. Now, this piece is really, really exciting. I don't know about everybody out there, but one of my all-time favourite films or trilogies is Back to the Future. So if you'll remember, Back to the Future star Michael J. Fox, when he shot the iconic Johnny B. Good scene, what a great moment that was. Absolutely fantastic. If you're like me, you'll love the 80s. Back to the Future, with its iconic scene, is the most great laughter moment. And there's many in the film, to be fair, but when he comes in with his classic guitar moment, absolutely fantastic. Michael J. Fox, who plays Marty McFly, accidentally inventing rock and roll by covering Chuck Berry's legendary song, Johnny Be Good. Apparently, the scene took four weeks to work on. At the same time, Fox was working with Madonna's choreographer. But what Fox liked to do was incorporate all the characteristics and mannerisms of the quirks of his favourite guitarists. So, a Pete Townsend windmill, and a Jimi Hendrix behind the back, and a Chuck Berry duck wall. What can I say? Just an iconic movie, and I wish we could have another. Back to the Future. What do you all think? Bring Back to the Future back? Hmm. And now we move on to some more movie news. Um, as this is all on people's minds in the last several weeks, um, when John Boyoga joined the Black Lives Matter protest in London and gave his full-throated speech, the film industry actually came out to support him, including Jordan Peele, Mark Hamill, after his huge Black Lives Matter speech. 
he wasn't sure if he was going to have a career after the speech, but several notable members, including who I've mentioned, quickly came out to support him on social media, voicing their desire to actually work with John. Other names include Matthew A. Cherry and Olivia Wilde. Actually, I did read on the official Star Wars social media account from Lucasfilms, which reads, Lucasfilms stands with John Boyega. Black lives have always been important. Black lives have always meant something. The evil that is racism must stop. We will commit to being part of this change that is long overdue in the world. John Boyega, you're our hero. I think that's a real positive statement. And all I would add to that really is just to say that all lives matter. Um, everybody's important and we should just give that little bit of kindness and humanity to everybody. And just to finish off, um, something really um, that John Boyega fans are going to like, he will be next seen as the lead in Chase Palmer's up-and-coming Naked Singularity, playing a successful public defender in the wake of losing his first case. I believe there's other movies, um, roles that John's going to be playing, so we look forward to seeing what's coming out in the future. Now, what is happening in the indie music sector? Let's take a look. Each week, I will pick a couple of indie acts who are making a splash in today's indie music scene. The first artist on the Music Engine Spotlight today is Callum Green, country pop from the US. The Nashville country pop newcomer Callum Green, who got into writing music when he was in the ninth grade after seeing Keith Urban perform live. From that show, he was so inspired he went into the studio with Jesse Fraser and produced a five-track EP. And he's currently present on three Spotify official country playlists, picking up around 900,000 playlist followers to his name. Nice one, Callan. So now we're going to move on to the next Engine Spotlight artist for this week. Sarah Kay's Pop from the US. Singer-songwriter Zara Kays captivates listeners through her honesty, heartbreaking stories inspired by her childhood and growing up in the Midwest. Having made appearances on Spotify's Modern Soft Pop playlist, she has since seen a 184% increase in followers and has steadily built to 315,000 monthly listeners on Spotify. It's really good to see unsigned acts bringing their sound and creativity to the world. Check them out if you get a chance. You're going to be really, really surprised. More from Music News next week when we pick two other indie acts to feature on the Music Engine Spotlight. It's going to be great. Well, that's all for today's episode of the Entertainment Engine and thanks for listening. Join us again next week when we talk more about the entertainment industry and delve deep into what a music agent does on a day-to-day -day basis. Plus... I will have all the latest news and updates from the music and film sectors with the majors and the indies. It would be great to have your feedback on the show. You can always drop us a message anytime. That would be really great. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast at www.anchor.fm forward slash entertainment engine so you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. And above all, stay safe. The Entertainment Engine.